0: and they have done just that. Retired confidently. If you're willing to go with me, I can tell you how. It's story time. Let's go. Hello, my friends. Thanks for joining me today. As I record this, the investment markets are going through a pretty rough patch. And so I have a lot on my mind and I've had uh, some great conversations. What I want to share with you, I'm going to call this the the tale of two construction workers. And it's going to illustrate a a couple really, really important points. Let me start with the first one. So this was a conversation that I had this week uh, with a client. This client has been a great saver and intelligent with their spending. Their career is in the construction industry. And so not the type of highly like university educated type of work, but still with just this tremendous amount of expertise and experience in their field where they just started working in that industry when they were young and then just learned and kept learning and kept learning, moving into management and then oversight types of positions just because of their skill and expertise in that area. And their deep understanding of all the tools in the toolbox of how to accomplish these big uh, construction projects that they had oversight for. And so as I was visiting with this client today, we were talking about the investment markets. We we're looking specifically at their accounts. We we're looking at how they'd gone down in value and uh, talking about the underlying assets, what was working, if there were anything that wasn't working, just being really clear, honest, transparent. here's exactly where, where we are. And this client who I think a lot of people would consider unsophisticated was very, very sophisticated and intelligent in his approach to investing. He was telling me that back in 2008, that when markets started to go down and there was a lot of fear, tremendous anxiety. I've told you a few stories about me walking hand in hand with clients through that time period and, and how difficult that was, that it was very clear to him that this would go two directions, either one that the economy would recover markets would recover and he wanted to invest as much as he could during this time period so that as things recovered he could be in a more advantageous position and that it took a lot of a lot of courage to do that because it was hard it was scary to do but it has uh, it's been a good thing it's it's been very profitable. has been very beneficial for him. Now he's been retired for a little while and they're, they're doing great. And the other way that this could go, this is what he was telling me. He said, if this really crashes, if this really burns, if it doesn't ever come back, or if it just keeps dropping, then we're all in this together. It won't matter where you're invested necessarily. If things just keep going down, then... The game has changed. And so if the goal is to have a retirement, enjoy 20 or 30 years worth of income in a retirement setting where you're able to travel and have some some fun and the economy is still here and investment markets are still here and the United States government is still here, that's a retirement scenario. So he wanted to be part of that. And if really all that stuff was gonna, you know, fall apart and the wheels were gonna come off and we're gonna collapse, then we were all gonna be in a different situation. All tides would rise together or all tides would fall together. And so what I wanted to point out about that is two things. The first is that he had developed a very intelligent, sophisticated approach to staying with investments. And at that time, he had fewer investment tools to use. Uh, That was one thing that we were talking about in our review is since we've we've met and we've built the retirement income strategies, uh, he has more tools in his toolbox and more robust on getting exactly what we want. And so, but you think about that from his construction experience, he was able to recognize the benefit and the value of, oh, I can get it done with these two or three tools. But if I've got these 50 tools, I can hand pick exactly what I need and what I want to accomplish the the outcome. And so he clued into that. And then the second part is that from a thought process perspective that his thoughts were what empowered him to stay invested, his thoughts were what encouraged him to invest more, and it was his thought process that allowed him to actually participate and benefit and become in a better position during a really difficult time. So I wanted to make that point to you because as I s- sat visiting with him, I thought, this is brilliant. This is what we all, we kind of all know it, but man, we need an ongoing reminder of it that it's really our our thoughts and how we're going to decide to believe that drive the bus, that it's really our thoughts and our decisions around how am I going to think about this? How am I going to feel about this? That that ends up driving the end result. And so if it's beneficial or if it helps you to think of in terms of this is never going to come back, things are going to collapse, and the economy is just going to disintegrate, if there's a situation where that's super helpful or beneficial for you, then it would make sense to continue with that thought. But if it's not in line with your overall objective, if it's not right in step with your long-term goals then it's worth it to pause and be like hmm maybe i'm going to question that thought and maybe i'm going to purposely decide not to believe that thought instead i'm going to choose this thought over here and it's all it's all headwork it's totally just being aware of what's going on in our head and not just accepting it at face value and it was just a very very fun conversation to have this client who's wonderful and he's funny, but he, I mean, he lived his whole life in construction, so he's rough around the edges, but yet so intellectual in that aspect of, I'm going to choose my thoughts that are going to actually benefit the end outcome. So really great conversation that I had with him. I wanted to share that with you. So that's the the first construction worker. Lots of experience, lots of tools, and very diligent in choosing what kind of thoughts were going to help him get to his end goal now let me tell you about another we're we're gonna call this kid a construction worker but that's a bit of a stretch because it was me growing up in fact I talk about this in chapter 15 of my book I won't spoil some of those stories there because they're they're great they're funny I think they're really funny but I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more of the story without spoiling any of that story that um growing up, I just wanted to work construction. I just thought these guys, my dad, guys on the construction crew, I just thought they were the coolest. And I really wanted to be a construction worker. And so my dad had this tool belt that had all these tools on it. And of course, he had a couple couple toolboxes that were piled full of kind of all these tools that he'd accumulated over the years. I think at one point, actually, going into that recession in the in the late 70s, 80s, the company he was working for, he was just working for one guy. The guy went bankrupt and couldn't pay him for like the last month or two of work, or maybe it could have been longer than that. And so basically he said, I'm going bankrupt. you guys just take all the tools that are around because I can't pay you? And so that's actually where he ended up getting tools. It didn't help with income, but it did help uh, fill the toolbox. So I just thought that was super, super cool. And of course I wanted to try to duplicate it, but at that time things were financially really tight for our family. So we weren't going to go buy anything, but I found this, uh I found an old hammer that was kind of, it was in a dry Creek bed actually, which in, in the little town where I'm from in, in Virgin Utah, during most of the year, the Creek beds are dry. It's only when there's a a big rainstorm that then they, then they kind of call it flood. They, they wash through quickly and then they're dry again. So, rate, anyway, I found this, uh, this old hammer, and I had one pair of pants that had the little carpenter loop on it. So I would put that hammer in there. And then I had, it was actually the, you know how for like the cap guns that you could buy, you could get a little, it wasn't real leather, but it kind of looked like a leather holster. Well, I would put that in it and I had ended up with, maybe I wasn't supposed to have this, but I had one of my dad's it's a type of square, but it's kind of triangle shaped with one end is a little bit bigger, so it almost looks like a handle. Well, I could stick the smaller end of that into my uh little holster and, <laughs> and uh and so that was you know, I had that component to it. So that was more like the the actual work belt pouch aspect of it. And then I could swipe one of my dad's pencils that were not the normal pencil, they're the carpenter pencil. And if I had a shirt with a pocket in it, then I could stick it in there. Part of the issue there is usually I was running around with no shirt. As soon as I was old enough to outrun my mother, then I was never wearing a shirt. I, at some point when we get this podcast up and we start doing some videos with it uh, and plug it into the YouTube, I can post some videos of me, my family growing up on the, on the ranch, but as I look back, most of my pictures that I have, I'm shirtless. That was just the, the thing we did in my little town. If you were cool, then you ran around, ran around shirtless. And so, in fact, it's kind of funny. In, in our one of our family pictures, everybody there is dressed up. They're all riding horses, and they, they look really nice in some of their, their best, call it Western, Western shirts, Western gear. Well, I showed up in my, in my jeans and without a shirt. And we pulled a flannel shirt, uh, out of the truck that my, my dad had there. And so, and I think I, there was a, a black shirt that had the Batman logo on it. And so at first they put that on and the photographer's like, this is not going to work. All you guys are dressed up in your, in your Western shirts and you got Telton over here in his Batman shirt. And so then they've they found a flannel, and so I'm wearing a flannel over my, my Batman shirt. So if I didn't have a shirt on, then I just stuck that pencil, in the carpenter pencil, in my pocket. And if I could find a knife, especially one of the ones that's like the, the razor knife, even if there wasn't the razor in it, you couldn't really tell because a lot of times they were retractable. And so even if it was just a blank knife holder, stick that in the other pocket, I figured I was good to go. That was my tool set up. I was a master craftsman at that point. Like, just construction worker extraordinaire, as you can imagine. I could build anything, right? And so that was my tool belt. Compare that to my client who oversaw these really large construction projects they had. I don't know what it would be, a thousand different tools for different types of, of work. And then you had me with my ensemble uh, strapped, strapped around my waist growing up. And so what's funny is I was thinking about this is how, how he sees that construction project. It's all doable. It's all manageable with some intelligence and some thought, some perspective and some patience. He could get done whatever he needed to get done he could build and oversee the building of these huge construction projects. On the other hand, me with, you know, with my little ensemble of not that great tools, you know, running around shirtless, trying to build stuff. I had to laugh at myself because I've had such a temper. I would get so, uh, I should say, I had such a bad temper Uh, You know, if it didn't start going just right or I couldn't get my nail, you know, if I could get some nails and usually bent, so I'd straighten them out and try to build something. If it didn't start going just right, I was mad. I'd throw something, usually that hammer, not a lot invested there. So I could get away with throwing that off in the dirt someplace and I could always go pick it up again later. No worse for the wear. But about how that different tool set really had a different mentality around it and my thoughts I'm sure I could have done thought work about, okay, what kind of thoughts are beneficial? How do I want to think about this? But I didn't have that experience and I didn't have the tool set to do that. So now with today's investing and retirement environment, the tools are there. That is such a big deal. The tools are there to manage potentially lower interest rates long-term, potentially higher inflation rates longer-term, probably more volatile markets, but the tools are there to help manage those. And that's actually kind of that. The second half of my book talks about the tools that are there and available to you to be able to accomplish your retirement goals. They're there like they have never been before. So then if you can add to that, you've got the tool belt now, if you can add to that some perspective and some core beliefs and some core thoughts that help you accomplish your goals, now that's a good combination. That is what can help give you the courage that then translates to confidence to move towards your retirement goals. Hey, thanks for joining me today. Hey folks, one last thing. If you have not checked out the Retire Comfortably program recently, you really need to. We have drastically changed the cost associated with that program. So to go to teltonhall.com forward slash program and then click sign up and then put in the discount code PODCAST. PODCAST, all caps, they're gonna be blown away at the price that you'll pay for what a program that could massively change your retirement outlook your confidence towards your retirement and make thousands ten thousands even hundreds of thousands of dollars of difference in your retirement don't miss this take advantage of it right now teltonhall.com forward slash program click sign up use the discount code podcast in all caps And for the price of, I mean, the less than a pair of basketball shoes, less than a really nice dinner out, you can get access to a program where we've seriously tried to give you every tip, every trick, every piece of education, every strategy that we can to turn any angst you have about retirement into confidence towards your retirement. Check it out, teltonhall.com forward slash program. I am super excited for you. Your future retired self is ecstatic for you.